0: thank you bless your name jesus hallelujah hallelujah (coughs) glory to your name father thank you jesus bless your name god you are holy and worthy father glory to your mighty name jesus we honor you this morning lord god thank you thank you thank you for your grace and your mercy father thank you jesus thank you jesus for the honor of your presence lord Thank you, Father, for the privilege to gather together in your presence, God. (coughs) Thank you, Lord, for the air that we breathe. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of feeling the movement of your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you, Lord, for washing us and making us clean, Father, so that we can commune with you and we can be intimate with you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for preparing us so that we can enter into your presence and not be destroyed. Father, thank you. It's for your mercy that we are not consumed, Lord God great is your mercy every single day. Thank you God for brand new mercies every morning. We honor you and we bless your name, Lord God. Thank you Father for the mercies that you have bestowed upon us this morning. We have never seen Father God and thank you that tomorrow should we live to see it, Father God. You will have a brand new gift of mercy for us, Father God. Thank you, Lord. There's just there are no words, Father God, to express our hearts accurately towards you lord we don't have the words father but we offer our heart lord god we offer our spirits humble broken and contrite lord god we offer our hearts to you we thank you lord thank you thank you thank you thank you god thank you jesus we are grateful lord if we can't say anything else we can say thank you we can't name all the things that you have done for us just this morning, God, but we say thank you for each and every one. We don't take any of it for granted, Father. Thank you for the activity of our limbs, God. If all we can do is blink our eyes, Lord, we are grateful, Father. Thank you, Lord, for clean air. Thank you for clean water to, to bathe in, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that even in our limited Things, Lord God, the things that we are limited in, Lord, the things that we may need more of, even in our lack, Father, we say thank you, because you are yet and still a provider. Lord God, there is no lack in you, Father, and you will always provide everything that we need, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for even giving us some of the things that we want. And thank you for knowing, Lord God, better than we do what we need for ourselves, Father God. Thank you that you know better, that you are full of wisdom, God. You are wisdom, personified, even though you are not a person. You are not a man that you should lie, Father God. So we honor you, and we bless you, and we welcome you in this space, Lord God. Thank you for welcoming us into your space, Father. You were already here, but you have welcomed us and allowed us into your space, Father God. And we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted that the God of the universe, the God that the universe answers to, Father God, has welcomed us into your space, Lord God. We honor this time and this space in your presence, Father God. And we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you Jesus. You know I like to encourage people. I feel like that's a thing that God has given me to do to be of encouragement. So this week when I was trying to think how can I encourage people right to be completely honest I can come up with anything. And you would think that with the way that things are going in the world that you can think of a million things to encourage people about, right? Because you can look and see all the different things that everybody is going through. But to be completely honest, there is nothing I can say. And that's not because I'm hopeless. It's just because what better to give you than the word that will last? What better to give you than the word that will stand after we get off of this platform, after we're not live anymore? after we leave this earth. So I'm gonna give you the word that will, that will stand. And that's the word of God. Psalm 71 verses five and six says, For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust and the source of my confidence from my youth. Upon you have I relied and been sustained from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb and you have been my benefactor from that day my praise is continually of you so please take that with you he is our trust he is our hope yes we can hope in him and we can trust him but he is our trust he is our hope he is our whatever it is fill in the blank with whatever it is that you need he is that and you are more than welcome to it both this morning take it with you take it with you i was hearing yesterday Somebody was talking about Elkanah and his wife, how she was um, praying, but silently to herself, nobody could hear her, and they thought that she was drunk because she was praying so intently in church, and the whole point was that what she did in the house changed what happened outside of the house. She was waiting for a child. So I'm just saying that to encourage you that what you do in here matters because it affects what happens out there. So feel free. Feel free to engage because you are welcome. And he is waiting. He's waiting to engage with you and he's waiting to change what happens for you because that's where you're going to need it the most. That's where you're going to need it the most. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You are perfect,
1: tried and pure. You are healer, you are the cure. Redeemer of the lost and cold. You're the sovereign Lord of all. You're creator of earth and stone. You're the maker. Of flesh and bone You're Jehovah All-powerful
2: You're freedom Worth fighting
1: for Come what may You're worthy of glory Come what may You're worthy of praise All we are Is glory's reflection We'll bless your name. We'll bless your name. We'll bless your name. We'll bless your name. your name. your name. Your kindness matchable. There's grace for guilt. There's grace for all. You are light for the path unknown. Without you, where will we go? You're the way, an open door to the heaven from earth below. Your defender is judgment. We're protected by your blood, come what may, all worthy of glory, come what may, are worthy of praise. All we are is glory's reflection. We'll bless you, we'll bless you. Come what may, are worthy of praise. All we are is glory's reflection. We'll bless Your name. We'll bless Your name. We'll bless Your name. We'll bless Your. Name. We'll bless your name. Lord, what you gave us, we give it all to you. We give it all to you, Lord. We give it all to you. Hallelujah.
0: We give it all to you, Father. Hallelujah. What you gave us, we give it all back to you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 We give it all to you. We give it all to you, Father. We surrender all.
1: Hallelujah, bless your name, Jesus. We give it all to you.
0: You're welcome to it, Lord. We give it all to you. We give it back to you, Father. That's all we're doing is giving it back to Him. Hallelujah. We give it all to
1: you. We give it all to you. Hallelujah. We give it all. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. We give it all to you, Father. Hallelujah. We give it all to you.
0: We hold nothing back, Lord. We give it all
1: to you. Hallelujah.
0: just give it all to you. Just give it to him. Let that be your heart song today. We just give it all to you. We give it all to you. Hallelujah. We give it all to you, Lord. We give it all to you. You say it until you believe it. You say it until you feel it. It's okay if you don't feel it yet. You say it until. That's what surrender is. Hallelujah. We give it all
1: to you.
0: Welcome to it Lord. Hallelujah. We surrender it all to you Father. We give it all to you. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. We give it all to you Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name Jesus. We bring a sacrifice of praise this morning God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name Jesus. Thank you Father hallelujah 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 lift your voice this morning hallelujah glory to your mighty name father we honor you and we bless your name jesus glory 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 to your name jesus hallelujah thank you father
1: may be darkest but your light is greater you light our way God you light our way thank you Lord. when evil is rising you're rising higher with power to save with power to save hallelujah you keep hope alive. You keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. Death had a strong hope, but your life was stronger, rose from the Full is rising, you're rising higher. You're breathing, there's hope in the breaking. Hope in the sorrow, hope for this moment. My hope for tomorrow. There's hope in the morning. There's hope in the evening. There's hope because you're living. There's hope because you're breathing. There's hope in the breaking. There's hope in the soul. there's hope for this moment, my hope for tomorrow. You keep hope alive, you keep hope alive from the beginning to end your
3: Hallelujah. Jesus, you keep hope alive. Father, thank you that we have hope in you. Our hope is rested on the cornerstone of Jesus. It's not in being good. It's not in being strong. It's not in being right. It's not in being pure, Father. Our hope is rested on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. By your stripes, Daddy, today we say that we are healed, we are delivered, and we are set free. We believe. We believe. We believe that you love us so much that you are working all things together for our good. Even at times, Daddy, when it doesn't feel good or look good, we know that your love produces good. Father, today we stand here with breath in our lungs, which is a beautiful opportunity to praise you. Your word says that everything that has breath praise your name. Today we've come to praise you. Today we've come to glorify your name, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords, we've come to praise you. We stand in all of you. We pray for those, Lord God, who lost so much yesterday in the mass shooting in Detroit. We pray for the peace that passes all understanding to invade that community, to invade parents and friends and neighbors and loved ones in the name of Jesus, for those who are hurt and injured to find health. Father, we pray for those who are wounded and and sad and separated in the war in Ukraine. We're believing, Lord God, that your love surpasses boundaries, Lord God, and barricades and, 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 and bombs, Lord God, that your love can transpire and transcend, Lord God. And, Daddy, we know that if you can do all those things, there's nothing in this room you can't do. There's not a healing you can't perform, a reconciliation of relationships you can't mend. There's there's not a, a, a loss that you can't actually help someone be found. Jesus, come and do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we give you room today. We give you room. We cast out fear, doubt, depression, anxiety, stress. We rest in who you are. Jesus, your word says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Breathe rest, breathe rest, breathe rest. In this stress-filled world, breathe, rest. In this foot on the gas pedal pushed to the floor, culture, breathe, rest. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We trust in your name and nothing else. In Jesus' name. And together in faith we say, amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just a shout of praise, some glory for who He is? Come on, let your breath be glorified to our King. Daddy, we love you today. Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I'm so glad to see you today. Welcome to Connect Church. We're so glad to have you in the house today. There's something powerful. I missed being in the house last week. I actually didn't miss being here. I was here, but I missed you being here last week. And we still do have some team members who are under uh, the weather. And so we want to ask you to keep praying for that. And there are just some people that are uh, on team that are still uh, still sick. And so we're asking for you to continue to pray for that and pray for others, obviously, um, as this craziness continues in our culture. I know in one area, everyone thinks it's, you know, one If you listen to one source, it's all good and it's all over. And you listen to another source, the the heavens are falling and hell is breaking forth. And this is all that I know. Is that my king is king of it all. My king is king of it all. And so that's what we've come to celebrate today. That's what we've come to, to do. And can I invite you to actually celebrate him today? Not just have a great church experience sing some really cool songs, but actually begin to just take a moment and worship Him. He's worthy of your attention and time today. He's worthy of it all. So I'm really glad that you're here today. Thank you from Pastor Danielle and I. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up today. Thank you for putting gas in your car at $9 billion a gallon to to be here today. It matters. I want to just... Can we give a shout out to everybody who's online today too? To all of you guys who are online, no matter where you are, on vacation already or spring break. Maybe some of you, uh, I know uh, there are uh, graduations going on and some of you are still homesick. Hey, we love you. We're believing the same spirit that's in this room is with you because we're here and we're there and you're there. And the Bible says we're to touch anything in agreement. It's already being done by the Father. So we're believing for you. So worship when we worship, pray when we pray, shout me down from your living room, it's all good. I'm excited uh, to have you guys here. Well, church, the truth is we believe that church is a family, not just an event, a family time. So why don't you just take a few moments before you're being seated and give somebody next to you uh, a high five, or if they have a mask on, an air high five, just respect each other, but just say hi. Greet somebody in the name of Jesus. Chris Stevens, it's good to have you back from, tour, on, from, from being on tour, brother. Woo! It is good to have him back. For some of you who may not know, uh, Chris tours with John Legend, and so we... we, uh, we we, we don't lose Chris for, for months on time. We invest him. Somebody say amen. We, we invest him. Uh, but I'm so proud of him. And, and this is the way uh, Chris and Sheila handle their marriage, their life, how you handle yourself on on the road and at home. Bro, we love you. Man, thank you. In that world, because you and I both know that world is a crazy world. In that world, being a light in the midst of darkness and being willing to stand in holiness Uh, in the midst of everything else. Man, we're praying for you because we know you need that. We're standing with you. When you are on the road, you are not alone. It is not just Danielle and I that are praying for you. This house is behind you. And so we love you. We love you. We love you. love you. Thank you for being who you are Uh, and giving. Can you give Chris a hand? He's He's home for like a day or two. He hops on the keys. It's all great. Anyway. Well, there's so many things that are going on uh, uh, today. Before I even go any further, I want to wish our CFO, Sharon Smith, a happy birthday. Sharon, we love you. Sharon is truly one of the most faithful and faith-filled people I know. She has wisdom and integrity. And man, she has blessed me more than you'll ever know. She is the reason why we do what we do. Incredible woman. She handles church, TKC, the building, the building projects, the parking, the everything. everything. She's like CFO, CEO, CCO, so so. She's never so so. We love you, Shara. Happy birthday. Uh, This uh, coming week, there's so much going on. Uh, Next week, by the way, is baptism, and we know that so many people are being baptized next week. We're actually doing it in service for the first time in our 23 or 4 year life here at church. Uh, we're doing it in service and I can't wait to do it. I know some of you are already registered. Today is the last day to register for this one. It's not like the last time we're ever going to, if you don't do it this time, it's not like you can't ever be baptized again, but we are going to do it next week. Can I really encourage you two things? If you are being baptized, man, invite your friends, your family. This is your time to testify about who Jesus is in your life. Um, and we're going to, and if you, if you're not be here. To actually celebrate the testimony of what God has done in someone's life. The Bible says what you sow, you'll reap. When you celebrate what God's doing, come on. Uh, There's like three people that believe that verse in this room. Like, if you you reap what you sow. So if you sow into someone else's life, the celebration of what God is doing in them. I take God at his word. That means it's reaping back. This is just a great time to do that. Today we've got such a special day for TKC. You can see some of our TKC team, Thy Kingdom Crumb, which is our mobile food truck ministry. Uh, You'll see people wearing t-shirts around. Uh, Today is actually the official launch of our online auction Uh, to help fund the crumb, uh, because what we do takes lots of money to do it, and we give out food every week all the time to people in the greater Philadelphia area to help make a difference, and so there's lots of auction items out there, you'll see it on the way out, please consider, there's stuff from everything, like gift cards, right, so like for five bucks all the way up to like trips to, I opened it up this morning, the first thing I saw was a trip to Disney, I was like, what are you trying to tell me, God? I was feeling the Holy Spirit this morning. Trip to Disney. Amen. Yes, Lord. I was feeling that. There's all sorts of things uh, on there uh, as well. So, uh, t- you know, hit a friend up. Let them know that it's out there. We don't expect this house to carry everything. But we do want to make uh, opportunities for people to sow into what God is doing in this area. And helping people come into the tangible love of Jesus through amazing food. Um, in order to help you... Uh, have amazing food today. We have the food truck that's going to be parked out there after service, so you get free food today as well. Uh, and there's all sorts of goodies that are coming. Uh, I know first, I know one of those things is fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. Amen. Hallelujah. Pretzels, hot dogs. This is all sorts of fun, good stuff. And these, we are giving everybody these free TKC tumblers, uh, and they're really, they're really, really, really cool. Um, I have a few of these. So uh, this is just our way of saying thank you for being here today and for being a part of it. Um, because your giving makes a difference. Thousands of people have been fed. Thousands of people have been fed. Thousands of people have been fed. There are people that come every week because it is the only meal their family is going to get that day. The only meal. There are people that come on a regular basis who tell us that the food that we give them, they have to spread out for it to be two days of food. We don't need money because we need money. We need money because we have faces attached to money. There are real people with real children, with real neighbors, with real relatives that actually need to eat. And that's why we do what we do. It's not just to give people food. It's to show them the tangible love of Jesus, that they are seen, that they are valued, and that they are approved regardless of what situation life has thrown at them. Because that's what Jesus did. He rolled up and he loved people just the way they were. So that's what we want to do here at Connect. So thank you for being a part of it. And it's so good to see some of your actual faces today. Like we got a good looking church. I didn't know that. For like a year, I haven't known. I didn't know. There are some single people in here. Like, I'm glad I came to church today. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that that's what he looked like. I didn't know. That's awesome. I know what he looked like from here down, but I, I like it now. This is good. I'm glad. And look, if you, if you, so obviously masks are optional uh, from this Sunday on. Uh, and all that we'll ask is that you respect someone else's decision. So uh, in, in all of that, the beautiful thing is we designed this room uh, for there to be all sorts of extra Filtration and ionic cleansers and all this stuff. It's crazy what we put into this room so that we could actually come to this day to have this happen. We have live plants in here, not because Pastor John wants to water them every week, but because they have filtration as well. And they look pretty, right? It's good. So we're thinking about you. By the way, we thought about you before you sat in the seat. That's the kingdom of God. To think about somebody before they sit in the seat to think about someone before they sit in the seat, before they come to your house, before they give you the promotion, before they ask you out on that date, before, before, before the kingdom of God is about thinking about somebody before they sit in the seat. Kindness is thinking about them after they sit in the seat. The kingdom is about sitting, thinking about them before they sit in the seat. Yeah? Awesome. All right, are you guys ready for the word today? Because I had to preach by myself last week, so I need some hollering back today. I need somebody, like, because like, if not, I would, like, it was quiet in here last week because there was no one here. I don't expect the same thing this morning. I need a little shout-me-down. Shayla, come on, you can run around the room. i give you full permission. It's just going to be awesome. Hey, since you brought your Bible, can you turn with me to Genesis chapter 27? Genesis is the first book of the Bible, Genesis 27. And if you need a, a, it's written, by the way, Genesis is written by Moses. It's one of the first five books of the Bible that are written by him. And if you need a title for today's message, it's Tending to the Successor. Tending to the Successor. Some of you may know that uh, Danielle and I have been getting into gardening lately. And um, since we've gotten into gardening, um, I, I, I realize, if you ever have gardened, you'll realize this as well, that there's a lot of work that goes into it. A lot of work. Like, you're constantly thinking about watering and planting and weeding and feeding and making sure that drip lines get to where they go and and everything is in the right place and everything is healthy. Man, sometimes it's exhausting just trying to get something to grow. Yet the truth is, which is really interesting to me, because I've been trying to worship. I've been telling Dad, I've been trying to worship while I garden. Worship. Because the very first thing, one of the very first things that God tells Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, is to tend to the garden. To actually tend to the thing that which he had given him to grow and to mature. To tend to the thing that would produce far beyond what he originally had received. Do you realize there's a lot that you've received in Jesus already? But that is not where it ends. The Bible talks us to work out our salvation. The Bible talks about growing and maturing in Jesus Christ. There, 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 there's things that are planted in us that we then get to tend to so that it's meant to produce more than what we originally received. We see the same principle in our spiritual lives. This principle of tending to what God has given to you and I. To our successor. To tend to it so that it's essential, so that it could grow in health and wholeness and holiness. And to continually grow in intimacy with God. Come on, doesn't the Bible say in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that when I come to Christ, I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. When we get saved, when I, when I got saved, I'm not a better me now. I'm a new me. You're not a better you. You are a New you. That's what the Word of God says. And the new person that's inside of us needs to be tended to and raised up in a way that is opposite of the culture of our past life that we lived in. Come on, the, the truth is, my friends, if we're honest, our previous life before Christ was spiritually dysfunctional. We live with a past life That is spiritually dysfunctional. That's the problem. So that when we just try to be better than what we were, what we're building off of is dysfunction. And that's why we struggle. That's why we get depressed. That's why we get frustrated. That's why we get exhausted trying to be a better Christian, a better person than we were before, because what we're building off of is dysfunctional already. See, the Bible tells me my past life The old me, at its core, was selfish. It's self-focused. It's self-reliant. It constantly pushes me as an undercurrent that takes me away from intimacy with God. It's constantly there. But now, being made new, we must learn to tend to this child, Tend to this inner person. The Bible says there's an inner man or an inner woman inside of you. That's how the Bible can, uh, talks about the new you that's inside of it. And we have to tend, to tend it towards holiness because the undercurrent wants to lead me away from holiness. We have to tend to it so that it develops intimacy with God. Intimacy with God doesn't happen over time. It happens with intention. Let me just say that again because a lot of us have been Christians for a long time and wondering why the intimacy with God is the same because intimacy with God does not develop over time. It develops with intention. And the reality is, my friends, if we're not intentionally tending to it, the old weeds never go away. Because the weeds of life, the bulbs that are left behind beneath the surface begin to rise up and begin to mix in with the good soil that God has planted inside of us. And if it was important for Adam to tend to the garden in a perfect world, how much more important is it for us to tend to our life in a fallen one? Like, we have to take that seriously. Like, God said to Adam in a perfect world, hey, there's still some work you've got to do. There's some intentionality you need to have in this perfect garden. If we don't have that in our life. In this text, what we're going to see is that there were things that were planted in Jacob, the successor of Isaac, by his mother, Rebekah, that were never tended to for too long. And because they weren't tended to for too long, it undermined his life for a really long time. I, I've learned a, a lot from being intentional, an intentional gardener from Pastor D., because Pastor D will be out there, like, I'm not going to try to blow up her spot or anything, but she'll be out there, like, when it's dark, and she don't even care. She's out there in her PJs with her top not on. She don't even care. She's out there sprinkling cayenne pepper on all the plants. Why? Because she wants to keep the critters away. Because here's the problem. The critters are coming because it's in their nature to come. They're not bad. Not, the rabbit's not bad for wanting to eat the flower. Come on, the squirrel's not bad for wanting to dig up the bulb. It's in their nature. There are things in our nature that are coming from what God's planted in you. We have to be intentional about keeping the critters away. Get your top knot on, girl. Come on, let's go. Get out there in your PJs and do what you got to do. Keep the critters away. Someone needs to say amen this morning. Pastor D's like, I'm going to have to smack you when we get home. I I got permission to say that beforehand. Let's look at verse 14, Genesis 27. So Jacob went and took the two young goats that he, and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread, which she had prepared, into into the hand of her son Jacob. So Jacob went into his father and said, My father. And Isaac said, uh, And he said, Here am I. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn liar. And I have done as you told me. Now listen to this. Underline this. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. I want to be blessed. Daddy, I've come to the room because I, I want to let you know I need to be blessed. Verse 27 says this, So Isaac came, so Jacob came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments, and he blessed him. Just so that we understand what's going on here. Isaac is the dad. He's about to die. Jacob is the second son, and in Jewish tradition, it's the first son that receives the inheritance and the blessing. So while Esau's out hunting, trying to get food to bless his dad, to be a blessing to his dad, to be a blessing to his dad, Rebecca, the mom, convinces Jacob to dress up like Esau and go in and do whatever it takes to get the blessing. Because after all, it's the blessing that matters. I think when I read this verse in this text, We see a great collision point for American Christianity. For all of us who are living in this got to get mine culture that we're living in. Because that culture that we live in that's all around us gets inside of us. It seeps into the way that we think and the way that we live. The way that our desires are formed. The way that we interact with one another. How we look at our job and our vocation. The purpose in our life. I got to get mine. And sooner or later, before we even realize it, we end up being like the seagulls. Come on, I'm finding Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you human. The reality is those seagulls live inside of us. It's our fallen nature. It's part of the weeds that were left over that's still in your fallen soil inside of your old nature. It's still there. We have these things called daylilies. If you've ever had, if you've ever guarded before, you know what they are. Daylilies. I just, I want to shoot a daylily in the eye. I I, I, I know you can't, it's a plant, but they drive me crazy. Daylilies are of the devil. Like everything else was from God. Daylilies are from the devil. Because you can pull up, like we spent hours pulling up daylilies, right? And you think you get every part of the daylily, but just some particle, some little microscopic element is in the soil and they start popping up again. It's like the devil, I hate those things. But man, we got daylilies in us. We think we got it the first time and the devil's laughing because it just spread like wildfire. And then it shows up over here where they weren't before and over there where they weren't before and over there where they weren't before. Because we're not getting to the root of the real issue. And the truth is, my friends, this culture that's in our culture crosses over to even how we see Christianity, how we see church. It begins to chip away at how we interact with the Father. I mean, in this text, we see great examples of the difference of what we've been talking about in church, the difference between being a believer and a disciple. Believers, like Jacob at this point, tend to see their interaction with the Father as a means to receive the blessing. Why do I interact with God? Why do I come to church? Why do I do what He wants me to do? Because it's the means to receive the blessing. But disciples, on the other hand, see the interaction with the Father as a means to honor the one who is the blesser. How can I honor the blesser today? How can my worship honor the blesser? I may not know all the words, but how do I honor the blesser? This may not be my style of music. How do I honor the blesser? Man, when I came in today, how does my attitude honor the blesser? It's not about getting fruit from the gardener. It's about stewarding what blesses the gardener. And that may sound semantical, but at its core, if left undone, it's crippling. Come on, it's easy to see that both Rebecca and Jacob's goal in interacting with Isaac the father was to make sure that they received not just a blessing, but the blessing that they desired. And do you know what this plants inside of them? What Rebecca plants inside of Jacob is this an ends that justifies the means mentality. And ends, well, I mean, the ends justify the means. It doesn't really matter how I get the blessing, just so I get it. By the way, can I just say that that mentality doesn't need any help getting inside of us in our world? It's already well established in all of us right now. Ends justify the means. Doesn't really matter. Ends justify the means. I know it, I remember so many conversations in college with guys. And even with myself, if I'm being honest, about like, what does it matter if I turn in a paper someone else wrote for me? What does it matter? What does it matter if I use, if someone who took the class last year gives me the answers to the test? It's the teacher's fault for not changing the test. What does it matter? Oh, you are holy. I understand. What does it matter? It's not hurting anybody else. After all, I have to stay eligible because I'm here to play football. Ends justify the means. That may not be your ends that justifies the means story, but it's in you, because you're human. And it's not just in the human nature that you've experienced; it's in the religious world you've lived in as well. This ends that justifies the means. We can see it all the way back in the time of Jesus in John chapter two. Do you remember when he goes in and we all we all love the story because he flips over the tables and he like he gets rid of the money changers with a whip and he's like, yeah, that's Jesus. Right? It's like that's like the man Jesus. We'd love to tell that story. But I mean, the truth is that I mean these were pious people. They were the religious crowd. I mean, what does it matter that they were selling blemished animals? I mean, after all, they were trying to make money to help the temple do all the good things that the temple did. And I mean, after all, the people still were able to make their sacrifices. What's the big deal? ends justify the means. But Jesus responds differently. Do you know why he responds differently? Because it wasn't holy. Because what they were doing was not holy. Holiness is the ends and the means. Holiness is the only standard. Holiness is the ends and the means. So when you say, does the ends justify the means? I don't know. It starts with holiness and it ends with holiness. So is your thought holy? Is your action holy? Is your praise holy? Did you come to church with the right attitude that's holy? See, this is what we're talking about in this moment. The truth is, my friends, we can look at Rebecca and how her interaction with Jacob planted inside of him. This ends that justifies the means mentality. That when it came to intimacy with the Father, it was about being blessed rather than being holy. It was about being blessed by his dad rather than being the blesser of his dad. Believer, disciple. Believer, disciple. This is part of our issue that's in us. Here's what I know. Our soul will use whatever methodology it used the first time to get the breakthrough that we got, it will keep using that methodology to get more breakthroughs. Whatever methodology you get, look, our soul has one pickup line. That's it. It's got one, it's been using it over and over and over and over. What? Your soul's got one pickup line. That's it. It's like, yo, girl, heaven must be crying because it just lost an angel. That's really bad, right? That's like, that's horrible. I know. We've got one pickup line. That's all we got. But our soul will keep using it over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because we got the breakthrough by using it the first time. It's supported in Scripture, just in case we didn't know. Proverbs 22.6 says, When you train up a child in the way that they should or should not go, they will not depart from it. So, for our soul, our interaction with the Father especially in modern Christianity in America, has been trained to be about receiving. This is why, as modern Christians, so many of us struggle. Because many times the reason we came to God is to receive. To receive salvation, to receive our breakthrough, to receive a blessing, to receive healing, to receive happiness. And listen to me, all those things are good. There's not a problem with that. The issue is this, we've never changed that focus. When you are a child and you say, Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, I understand as you're a parent because you're an infant. You're using 2% of your brain. Come on, somebody. Right? That's why to try to explain to a child all the reasons why they can't have a cookie before dinner is useless. Because the gimme, 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 it may be frustrating, but I understand it. But when they are 38 and they are still saying gimme, 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 gimme. Why should they change the methodology when the methodology has always gotten them what they want? That's why we expect people to change over time, but that why would they change their relationship with you when they're moaning, when they're whining, when they're complaining, when they're threatening, when their guilt, when their shame has always worked to get them what they wanted from you. We just want to believe we're not that kind of people. But that's the daylily that's in you. It's there. We just never change the focus. To be what Jesus says in Acts 20, 35, it's better to give than receive. To be what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 16, be holy as God is holy. That's the standard, the ends and the means. The problem is, my friends, we've trained our souls to be receivers, and we look for arenas which can help us keep receiving. So when this church doesn't help you keep receiving, you'll find another one. When this relationship isn't giving you what you want, come on, using the same methodology you had, you'll go find another relationship that will help you to receive. Because we've trained our souls to be receivers. And when we don't find it, we look to create ways to become receivers. So we look at the Word and say, how can the Word tell me how I can become a receiver? Pastor, teach me how to pray to get what I want. We look at worship, and church, and giving, and serving, and changing as methodologies to be blessed, rather than our means to be holy. As a way to reflect back to our Father, to not be blessed, but to be the blesser back to Daddy. My friends, if you study Jacob at all, is this too heavy today? I'm just, look, I'm, I'm telling you what's inside of me, so maybe it's inside of you too. Maybe not, but maybe uh, you got a friend. Somebody, anybody have a friend that you can have a friend? If, if the friend's sitting next to you, don't elbow them right now. It's, if you've got a friend, it's all right. This is what I know. That when you study Jacob, you see this thing pop up in him again and again and again and again. And again. Why should it change? It worked for him the first time. Not only does it hit, not change in him, but... He looks for relationships that are just like him. Why are all the people in your life just like you? Because we look for people just like us. He actually finds a wife called Rachel. It's living in her. He's so excited to find somebody just like him. The Bible says in Genesis 31 that she's, they decide to leave her dad's house. And he has household idols, family idols that are there. She thinks are valuable. So she takes them. She takes from her dad. She leaves. The dad hunts her down, comes down, comes, is coming to find the idols. So this is what she does. She takes them, puts them in a saddlebag, and sits on them. So that when the dad comes in the tent to looking for what she took from him, this is what she says. Oh, dad, I can't stand up. It's my time of the month. Oh, and the cycle of manipulation is reinforced and reinforced and reinforced the cycle of blessing over holiness receiving over honor dad's can i just speak to you just for a moment dad's what lives in you will run in your family dad's as a spiritual house as a spiritual man of the house what lives in you will run in the family that's why we can't allow these things we have to intentionally get rid of the critters See, because discipleship, my friends, is about seeing the interaction with the Father as a means to honor the one who is the blesser. But to do this, we must learn to trust the love of the Father towards us. And if you want to know the heartbeat of this message, it's right here. Right here. Because the core issue for Jacob, the core issue for Rachel, the core issue for Rebecca... Maybe the core issue for us is that they didn't really trust that the Father loved them enough to bless them anyway. Let's just be down, let's, just get, let's get down to the reality of it all. They didn't trust that the Father loved them enough to bless them. If Rebecca simply would have stopped for a moment and reminded Isaac of the word of God that God gave over her son Jacob, that the older brother would serve the younger brother. If she just would have reminded him that the the second son had purchased the birthright from the first son. Come on, somebody. The second Adam purchased our birthright from the first Adam. If she just would have taken time to remind Isaac of those two truths, it would have been a holy moment. But instead, but instead, she wanted to make sure that the promise came to pass because she didn't trust the love of the Father. And then we see that same thing in her successor who manipulates and dresses up. He's willing to smell like a goat to receive what he wanted from the Father because he didn't trust the love of the Father towards him. He didn't think That his father would do what the Heavenly Father said was right to do. Come on, can you imagine putting on dead goat skin just to make sure you got what you wanted? Do you know how bad that would smell? But if we're honest, if we're honest, how often have we put on skin that was not authentically ours? Just to try to persuade someone of our value to fit into the crowd. Because we were afraid they were not going to give us what we hoped that they would give us. We do this with God. We put on special kinds of prayer. We put on worship. We'll put on serving. We'll put on tithing. It's not authentic to who we are. But we believe down deep inside it will get us what we were hoping for. Do You know what's interesting about the goat, by the way? The goat is actually a very special offering to God. It's actually part of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, where where the where the blood sacrifice cleanses the entire nation, not just a person, a nation. And the goat offered up to God actually changes the relationship of the offerer and God and, and, and God. But the thing about the goat, the thing about the goat is that the goat must be unblemished. That means the moment that Jacob Put on the goat because he was doing it out of manipulation and deceit. The offering was nullified because it was blemished. We can do the right thing from the wrong place. Trying to appear as something we're not and wondering why nothing is changing. Because the only goat acceptable to God is the unblemished sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's it. I think today one of the greatest challenges for us might, that be, might be that we really struggle to trust the love of the Father towards us. Not theologically, but practically. When it comes to leaving it up to Him to determine what our good looks like, when it's leaving it up to Him to determine what our blessed life looks like, it's in our human nature, and it's also in our human experience, to distrust God. We naturally distrust God. We naturally, I know no one wants to, we, you have to gr- grab a hold of that. It's the daylily underneath the surface. Can I tell you, this is a challenge. Challenges even pastors. I've been challenged by this myself and still do on many occasions as well as almost every pastor that I know. We have to be challenged not to focus on just the verses that get people to do Christian things like give and serve and pray and come to church and then to tie those things into the ways to get blessed. Here's the five ways to get blessed. Let me give you the five principles that your giving will absolutely get you blessed by God. Let me tell you what the Bible says, that you are blessed by being in the house. All those things are true. But the reality is so often they're manipulated because we don't really trust you enough to believe that you would love God and love church enough to do those on your own. And so we produce Jacob's. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And are upset when church stays in that state. But not only do we produce Jacobs, we make ourselves Rebecca. This is in us. All of us. Maybe one of the reasons we don't trust him is because of broken trust that we've experienced throughout our life experiences in various ways and through various people. I know my Life is, my heart's been broken time and time again by people in various ways and in various times. And that pain is real, isn't it? And it's easy to project that pain onto our Heavenly Father. But that's why we've got to learn to do what Pastor D did, which is intentionally tend to the garden to keep the critters away. Intentionally. This is the work of discipleship. This is where discipleship is actually a work where we have to tend to the garden, where we have to tend to it. God is commanding you to tend to the garden. When he says make disciples, it starts with us to be a disciple and therefore make disciples. We've got to tend to the things, that are the critters that are actually hidden underneath the surface inside of us. And that starts with our distrust of the love of the Father. Not theologically. I don't think there's very many people in this room or online who would argue with me theologically that God loves us. But when it comes down to us trusting him to determine what really is good for our life, what really blessed looks like. Because Paul said he was blessed while he was in prison. How many of us are feeling that? Paul said he felt blessed when after praying 3 times in 3 seasons fasting multiple times he still had a thorn in the flesh that he desperately wanted out but he still felt blessed Rubber meets the road The good news is though the Bible in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 Paul actually encourages us to this, and I was talking about this this week in Forge. We're almost done, but I want to encourage you with this, because I don't want to leave you where Jacob left. Paul's talking to the church, talking to people like you and I, who most of us saved in a worship service, trying to be good, but still struggling to trust the love of the Father completely. We're not alone when we struggle to trust the love of the Father completely. It's all throughout the Bible, even in New Testament church. Paul says in verse 16, I pray I pray that, you, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner person, the inner man, the inner person we've been talking about, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded, what? In love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, everybody who calls himself a Christian. What is the width and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God? To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about developing that inner person, developing that inner man, that successor, the new person that God has given us so that we are established and rooted in love. The key to moving forward, to growing, to trusting God is is found in applying the boundless love of God to our lives. The boundless love of God. The boundless love of God. You've never experienced that in the world. You've never experienced it in a relationship. You've never experienced it in your job. You've never experienced it in uh, in your academic life. You've never experienced it by a family member. The boundless, unconditional love. Of God. He says, Man, it's my prayer. You get to know it. Why? So that you understand the fullness of who He is. Because in John, 1 John 4 8, God is love. He doesn't just love, He is love. That's why we can trust in love because it's who He is. It's the dimension of His person. It's not just what He does. He cannot not be who He is. I love it because it says the width or the breadth of His love. That means it extends to every nation, tribe, and tongue, regardless of our background, no regardless of how we came to him or where we might have come out of. The love of God loves all of us. The length of it, it means it goes from everlasting to everlasting. It means there was never a time that God did not love you, and there will never be a time, no matter what you do, that God's love is not already there. It goes beyond who you are. It is outside of time and space, so you will never be able to walk out of it no matter how far away from God you walk. There's a depth to it, the Bible says. It means it reaches down into the depths of even the darkest sin or the deepest sinner. It goes down to our darkest thought, the thing we never want anybody to know, the darkest moment of your life. If you remember it right now, just know beneath your feet there's love. It doesn't matter how deep you go, how dark you've been, the deepest thought that you had, the thing you never want anyone else to know, well, underneath that feet is love. And it brings you to the highest heights. It goes to the highest heaven. It brings you to the very throne room of God without grace or without shame. It, It brings us far above, far above the reach of any foe or any enemy. That's the love of God. It's so wide, it's so deep. So long and so high, you can't get under it. You can't get around it. You can't get out of its way. You can't bypass the love of God. Wherever you are, you're in the midst of it. I can trust a God that is faithfully loving me in my high moments and my darkest moments. When I am close to him and when I am the farthest away, I can trust that God. Because I don't know a friend like that. I don't know a family member like that. I don't know a boss like that. I don't know a world like that. Because the moment the world sees my darkest moment is the moment it cancels me. For the love of God says, man, my love's beneath you. It's in this inworking inside of us that we can trust to give up control to him. And it's in its outworking of love that we retrain our inner self to become the blesser of the Father rather than being the one seeking the blessing it's why we talk about loving, being a part of TKC, loving other people. Why? i got to train myself not to be selfish. i got to train myself to be a blesser. It doesn't come naturally. I'm naturally happy. I'm naturally a tigger. I'm naturally excitable. I know that's probably shocking. Come on. I've got to train myself to bless somebody for their benefit and not mine. When we let, I love this Greek word, I'm sweating. I love this Greek word to know. It actually means to know experientially, not theologically or intellectually. To know experientially. When we allow the love of God to reach all of our sins and every part of our broken soul, to cover every time of our collapse to reach down into our darkest thoughts and ugliest desires, and allow it to raise us up to the throne room of God without guilt or shame, then and only then will we begin to know and experience the love of God that we can trust. I'm learning this from her. Many of you know, um, a few months ago we lost our dog, Louie. was part of our family for 12 and a half years, and Danielle misses her opportunity to love him. I miss the way he loved me. She misses her opportunity to love him. And I'm like, God, that's how I need to be with you. Because, God, you're like (laughs) Louie. You'll always love me. You're always happy. The moment I turn my attention to you, you come running towards me. You wait patiently at the door for me to come into your house. And the moment I come in, it's like I've never been gone. You're like Louis, but God, help me to be like Danielle, who misses the opportunity to love you. That's what disciples are. Do you know what the amazing thing about Isaac was? The father. That his blessing was irrevocable. Regardless of the intent of the receiver was not being holy. That's how God's love is towards us. He blesses us even when our eyes are set on our own benefit. That's how much he loves you. He loves us that way because, I think, he trusts that that will change our trust in his love. He's like, man, I know know they're all messed up. I'm still going to bless them. Hopefully, when they see that I blessed them, even though they were smelling like goat, even though they put on the hair and deceived me, even though they tried to manipulate, because I knew what they were saying wasn't true. God, if you get me out of this mess, I'll stop doing this. And he was like, no, I know you ain't going to do it because I've seen you like three months from now do the same thing that you're saying you ain't going to do right now. But I'm still going to bless you because that's how I am. Hopefully, they'll see and trust me. Do you know when Jacob's life changes? This is what it takes for Jacob's life to change. The Bible tells us in Genesis 32, we're going to close. Genesis 32, the Bible says Jacob's past catches up to him. Esau finds him, and he is scared silly. So he turns to what got him out of all those problems all the time, manipulation. And he just starts sending Esau camels and sheep and clothes and riches and nothing changes and nothing changes and nothing changes and nothing changes. changes. So he freaks out and he runs and he hides. He takes his family and he hides them all and he's scared beyond measure. And in this moment of fear in the moment when manipulation no longer works in the moment of him hiding jesus shows up many of you may be familiar with the story where the bible says an angel of the lord shows up and he wrestles with jacob that angel of the lord is jesus how do i know because just a few verses later he names that place peniel which actually means i've seen god face to face and lived He finally starts to wrestle with God in the midst of his despair, in the midst of when everything else he's done before didn't work. And do you know what happens? Pain. Pain. You think finally, when he got a hold of God, everything would be great. Do you know what God did? Dislocated his hip. Pain. I know about you, but does it feel like blessing to me? Does it feel like for the good? Oh, I got, a bad, I got to get a hip replacement now. Dislocates his hip, pain. But what I love is this. In the midst of his fear, in the midst of his brokenness, in the midst of his pain, he clings onto Jesus and won't let go until he changes him. Until he changes him. And in the moment, Jesus changes his name. He changes his old self. He said, Jacob, you're no longer going to call yourself Jacob because that's not who you are. You're no longer going to be a deceiver. You're now going to be Israel, the prince of God. I need you to see yourself differently, speak about yourself differently, act differently. Because princes don't do what you've been doing. Royalty doesn't act the way that you've been acting. A, kingdom, a king's kid does not respond with manipulation the way you've been manipulating. That's not how it's going to be. I think, my friends, sometimes it takes facing our past, breaking the cycle of manipulation, fearing it's all going to collapse on us, and going through some pain so that we begin to cling to Jesus until he changes us, and then that's enough. And then that's enough. And then that's enough. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he walked with a limp the rest of his days. Do you know why I believe that is? Because God was saying, you can't disguise yourself anymore, boy. I know that walk from a mile away. You'll never be able to disguise yourself anymore. You can't go back to the way you used to be because I'm calling you something differently. I'm naming you something differently. I'm calling you into something differently. You'll never be able to go back to the way you were. My friends, I want to, I, 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 I want to, I want to encourage you that clinging to Jesus made all the difference. I want to remind you the manipulation didn't work. The bribes fell short. The deception was uncovered. And the only thing that mattered and made a difference was him clinging to the love of Jesus. May I suggest this? May I suggest we need the limp more than the blessing? Let me, let me, let me ask you to meditate on that. We need the limp way more than the blessing. Because when you got the limp, you can't go back to the way you were. The love of the Father will always bless you. The question is not whether God loves you enough to bless you. The question is, do we love God enough to live our life to bless him? We want holiness more than happiness, honor more than promotion, intimacy more than prosperity. And maybe we'll learn to trust in the love of the Father for everything else. They struggled because they did not trust the love of the Father towards them. May that be something shattered in our church. May be shattered in our life. Might be shattered in America. Maybe be shattered in American Christianity. Because my friends, when the labor pains come and they get greater, that ends that justifies the means, mentality, if it's not dealt with now, will come screaming back to get out of the pain, to fit in. To not be canceled by our culture. To not be labeled a hater. A phobic. An outsider. Let's see, when my walk has changed, I can't disguise myself anymore. I cling to Jesus. I let his love determine what blessing... And what goodness looks like in the land of this living. We're going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to trust the love of the Father for your life for more than salvation. For some of us in here, it may just be for salvation to start with today. But I want to encourage you to trust Him for more than that. That he reveals to you just how deep and how far his love goes. How cool is it of God, by the way, that even God could redeem that moment, that messed up picture of Jacob getting the blessing from Isaac by wearing his clothes. Because do you know how we get the blessing from God? When we wear our older brother's clothes. And Jesus clothes us in righteousness. When I don't get my own birthright, I get his birthright that was purchased on the cross. And that when my father smells the aroma that's on me, he doesn't smell my righteousness, he smells Jesus' scent. And he says, let me bless you because I recognize the clothes you're wearing. I recognize the sacrifice that's on you. I recognize the aroma of your brother. How good is our God. What the devil made for bad, God redeems for the good. Come on, let's pray. My friends, right now, if you're here today and you can just say, man, I'm feeling far from the love of the Father. I'm feeling like there's lots of things that are in the way can I encourage you right here and right now to just pray this prayer with me. Whether it be for the first time or whether you felt distance between you and God, you've, there's something in this sermon that resonated with you. It's calling you to come home and to close the gap of intimacy with the Father. Just pray this from the bottom of your heart. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Here I am today. I've come to give you all of my life. I'm holding nothing back. I'm thanking you now for your sacrifice that made the way. For you purchasing my salvation on the cross. For you loving me when I was so unlovable. I'm asking you, Jesus, Jesus, to be the full Lord and the full Savior of my life. Father, help me to trust you, to trust in your love towards me. My life I give to you. I want to bless you with all I've got. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give God a hand just for... Being willing to love us the way that we are. Woo! Hey, church, I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. Look, if that's you, maybe for your first time, or you've just felt like you've coming back to Jesus today, we've got some books we'd love to give you. Uh, Pastor Rick is right over here. He's only going to be here for a few moments because he's going to be out at the TKC uh, tables out there um, with, near the food. Pastor Rick's going to be by the food. I get it. That's a good man right there. Be by the food. Um, but these are books that uh, for the adult, the surprise of your life, and for uh, teens and tweens, uh, letters to Gen Zers, that just help you understand the decisions that you've made. If you're online today and you've made that decision, can I encourage you, just go to the link that's there. We'd love to send these to you for free as well. And if you have a friend or a neighbor or a teenager in your life who's struggling to understand the things of God, pick these books up, strategically and intentionally planted in their life. Whatever we sow, we will reap. When you sow in faith, you reap in faith. That's what the Bible says. Well, guys, I'm really thankful that you're here. I'm glad we have one last thing to do before we go out and get some food and get some munchies and grab a tumbler. Can you guys welcome Sharon to the stage real quick? Sharon's going to help us in our giving today. Good
2: morning. So my name is Sharon. I'm going to encourage us in our giving this morning. There are there's a couple ways you can give. There's envelopes throughout the room that you can place in the gold kiosks on your way out. There's a QVR code. If you take an up close picture of it, it'll take you to the place, the page you need. Uh, or you can also just give online as well. And in light of everything Pastor Kyle spoke about this morning, particularly trust the love of the Father to bless you. Trust the love of the Father to provide for you. For, in case there's anyone in here who might be holding back, the tithe, the full tithe, or maybe even holding back on offering because they're afraid that they're not good. They, it's, you know, that they're not going to be provided for. I just encourage you, trust in God, trust the Word. When you hear uh, verses like Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing. Trust that. It's true. It's in the word. So I just encourage you with that this morning. And I'll, I'll pray. Hallelujah, Lord. What you gave us, we give it all to you, Lord. You are worthy to be trusted. And we thank you. And we love you this morning. Amen. Okay.
3: Quickly. Can you just stand real quick? I'm gonna, we're gonna pray. I'll pray a blessing on you, over you. I don't want you to mistake anything I said today. Our God loves to bless us. He does, he loves it. He loves to bless each and every one of us. It's why he sent Jesus first and foremost. He loves us so much. He wanted to not spend one moment of eternity, starting now, without you. And as a child, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child, but when I grew up, those childish thoughts changed. The challenge today is not to think that God doesn't wanna bless us. The challenge today is really to choose to live life to bless Him. That's all. Freely you've received, because my God's a blesser, freely we give back to Him, because we want to bless Him. Not because it'll make us better, or more mature, or position us for breakthrough, or convince God we deserve to be healed, or to get a boyfriend, or a husband, or a better marriage, but simply because, God, I want you to know I love you, and all that I've got is yours. It'll change everything. Trusting in the love of the Father will change everything. Father, we trust you. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you loved us first. How do we know what love is? Because you loved us first. You sent Jesus to die while we were still sinners, still enemies of yours. You so loved us, you sent and gave and blessed. I thank you that your love is real and deep, that it's wide. It's wide It includes every person, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. It's long, it lasts throughout eternity. There will never be a time when you stop loving us. I thank you that it's deep, God, that it's deeper than the deepest ugly me that can be. And your love is so high. It helps me above the hurdles, the obstacles, the foes of life, and even into the throne room of the king. Now, Daddy, I pray that that love may be experienced in real life, in real ways, in real people this week that we may take that love and love you back with it a hundredfold. May the grace of the Lord God Almighty, the power of His Holy Spirit, the fellowship of walking with His Son, go with us now and forevermore. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. I love you. Hey, stop at TKC Truck for food, chips, cookies, tumblers. Uh, Check out the online uh, auction. Tell your friends about it. It really will help us out. I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you guys.
0: Change this world. Amen.